Storytime with Paul Doerr. In each episode, you'll receive a short adrenaline shot of a story straight to the mind, heart, or sometimes the funny bone, wherever that is located. And stay tuned after the story for Paul's Picks, where I indulge you with something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. Today's story, Chaos. Did you ever have one of those therapy sessions where you leave the office and your head is in a swirl of confusion, yet clarity? You stumble down the street and you're not so much weaving in and around the rush hour foot traffic, but stealthily navigating successfully in an unconscious haze? Maybe it was just me. I wandered into the bookstore at the corner of Young Street and Eglinton Avenue, taking in all the new fall books, but not really paying attention to anything. My mind was elsewhere. Deserving of a self-present, I purchased myself a newly released book by an old favorite author of mine. I didn't even know he was releasing a new book. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't been paying attention to a lot of things lately. Heading south towards the subway, an unusual thought entered my head. Not something new or especially salacious. Something I used to do all the time. When I got to the entrance of the subway, a tiny voice in my head said, Keep going. Let's walk for a bit. It looked like rain. I didn't care. I figured at some point I'd duck into a subway station and take the train the rest of the way. So I stuck to Young Street just in case my out-of-shape feet were about to give way. As I approached station after station, that tiny voice kept saying, Keep going. Let's just walk for a little bit more. I passed cemeteries and went up and down hills. I stopped in the reference library at Bloor Street just for the hell of it. Cut west along Bloor Street through the back paths of the University of Toronto. Fed my eyes along Augusta Avenue and Kensington Market took a shortcut through Toronto Western Hospital, pretending I was there for a visit down one hallway, creating the illusion I was a patient down another. Split the difference down two side streets from Dundas, choosing to connect them through a maze of back alleys. At Queen Street in Portland, I stopped for a rest. There was a barbershop there that I'd been going to lately. Run by Jean, I go for the haircut but hang out for the conversations about cryptocurrency relationships and art. Outside the barbershop is a wooden bench bolted into the sidewalk. This was where I chose to take my rest. A crowd formed at the spotlight at Queen in Portland. The longer I sat there, the more I realized that the stoplight was stuck on a green light going east-west. Pedestrians stood waiting for the light to change, while cars impatiently lined up. We are such a law-abiding and rule-following people. That is until I felt the change in the air. How quickly things change. The apprehension with the waiting crowd grew until they couldn't take it anymore. Pedestrians, thinking safety in numbers, decided en masse to take over the street and cross to the other side. Cars waiting on the red light pulled out onto Queen in front of unsuspecting vehicles in the other direction. People just couldn't take it anymore. They had had enough. Chaos. How quickly and unsuspectedly it comes. I joined in the chaos, crossing the street with the mob, horns blaring, middle fingers declaring. I thought about the chaos in my mind, the unsettling feeling that I was losing it, my mind that is, how I was stuck on the people who I've hurt, those that I've caused pain, wondering where I am in all this, 
Aren't I also allowed to be wounded, hurt, in pain? Do I not deserve to be easier on myself? Yes, I've pushed those people away, but if they could only know that it was not them I was pushing away, it was myself, my undeserving self. If I am to be free to love and accept love, I have to learn to love myself, to be grateful to all that I have instead of dwelling on all that is not. Further down Queen Street, a man sitting on a bench called out to me. He said, You are a very lucky man. Confused as I seldom felt lucky, I stopped. You are lucky. You are holding an incredible amount of pain inside of you. From the outside, your friends and everyone else think you are happy, but they cannot see the inside of you. This gave me pause. He continued, The last two years have been very difficult for you. Lots of ups and downs. There has been a lot of negativity in your life, and you are holding on to it. You have to get rid of that negative energy. How do I do that? I asked. I can show you. You are in pain right now, but you are lucky because in six months everything will be better. It will be as though you are a completely different person. But how do you know this? I asked. Where did you come from? I came here from India to speak with you. I walk around and am never in the same place twice. Also, I am psychic. If you show me your palm and give me $20, I can tell you what will happen. Maybe I should have stuck around, paid the guy, and heard what he had to say. Not this time. I hit King Street and two and a half hours later, after that tiny voice said, Keep going. Let's walk for a bit. I limped up the stairs to my third floor apartment. My feet were not used to all the walking. As I entered my place, I remembered that I had once written a book called The Walking Man, which ended with these six words. Be light. Be smooth. Be open. I'd like to add four more. Be grateful. Be free. Time for Paul's Picks, where I briefly tell you about something I'm reading, watching, or listening to. Outside of David Sedaris, Stuart Lee has been the biggest influence on me as a performer. Simply put, He's a brilliant comedian and showman. I sort of don't really mind because I think it saved me from becoming, from having to live my life in the world of commercial theatre. And, and I think it threw me back on the rocks and meant that I had to come up with something else. I've, I've just written a book about doing stand-up and one of the points that I make is when I went back to stand-up, I was, in my row, I was 36, nothing I'd done had worked out and I was not, you know, match fit to do stand up again, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, and 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 but I but also suddenly I realised when I when I was when I quit stand up, I was thinking, oh, I can't get this to work. Why weren't these Why weren't these people that want, want to be entertained listen to me? <laughs> and yeah. and it seemed so inflexible stand up. I thought you have to go and do this. You have to open with five minutes of strong gags. Sometimes he's almost too smart for his own good. I first heard him on Mark Maron's podcast years ago and quickly devoured all of his stand-up comedy shows. You know what? Compared to trying to organise 50 people in a piece of music theatre, it's easy. You can do whatever you want, right? You can, you can tell a 20-minute story. You can not say anything. You can leave the stage and do it from the back of the room. And, it's, and, and no, you don't even have to clear it with anyone. You can write something at 12 o'clock after a long lie-in at midday, and you can be doing it on stage eight hours later. And it suddenly seemed 
more than all these other things that I dallied around in. It seemed like the absolute greatest form of performance. Sometimes you don't know where he's going, and he even seems not to know himself. But every story is a journey to a place I never imagined. Thank you for listening to Storytime with Paul Dorr, written and produced by me. The theme music is by the amazingly talented singer-songwriter Arlene Takula. Find all things Arlene at officialarlene.com. Follow me wherever you follow people. Get your very own copy of my latest book, Dreams of Being a Kiwi, at paldor.com, which also includes weekly blogs, new podcasts, and information about live events. For updates, think about joining my mailing list. That's all for now. Until next time, keep listening to each other.